I had planned to do dog training last night and the place set at like five o'clock and training was at eight that because of lockdowns, uh, they had to cancel it. So good. Yeah. I got a little bit lucky. So we got to drive up last night at five thirty or something. That's good for two and reasons, Cam, because one, nobody should be training your dog except for yourself. And two, if you can't go to work, your dog shouldn't learn how to sit. Uh, or stay or paw up or what else do you have to teach the dog you got sit you uh, got just a bunch of like you got paw um, you got more, uh lick the peanut butter off off my balls that's the big one you've got uh, bring me the paper yep go grab me a beer go uh get me a, uh get me a beer from the fridge yeah that's a big um one. no got, i don't want a coors light i want a bud light yeah you uh, you've you've got a. Uh, uh, you've got don't tell anybody when I leave the house for a few hours at night and I come back just reeking of motel soap. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. Those few basic dog commands. Okay, if you can't teach your dog how to do that, you shouldn't be a dog owner. I guess, yeah. Um, well, I had a big scare this morning and that comes back to just getting recalled down. She went, we went out for a walk this morning. It was all was good. And then she went down to the water and we're at the stage up here where it's like the ice is 90% gone, but the lake pushes the ice our way towards the dock. Mm -hmm. So all winter she's been able to jump off the dock onto the ice and just run onto the ice all she wants. Today she was looking at it a little bit wary and I was telling her, no, don't, don't go on there. And then jumped, and the ice was so thin, I literally could punch it, and it would break. Now, Somehow and, and this isn't even uh, this isn't even like a telling of how strong you are. This no, is still this, because Cam, because you could probably th punch through three, four, five inch uh, ice, no problem. Probably two feet. <laughs> um, anyway, she jumped. I have no idea how she jumps on and lands on the ice without it breaking. And I, and maybe four feet from her but i can't reach her screaming her name and she's looking at me like let's go for a walk on the ice right so i'm reaching my as far as i can without falling in she's happy as a clam and uh like ice is breaking near her i managed to grab her and yank her off i'm like all right that's uh that's enough off leash time by the lake so thought my dog was gonna die this morning but hey uh is that a rite of passage for a dog we'll never know Yes, yes, in fact it is. In fact it is. Uh, the moment where a dog in their little dog mind thinks, whoops, that's it for me. Well, I was thinking about this. I was talking to my dad about it. I think if she would have fallen into the water and that would have been her first experience swimming, probably would never go swimming again. Uh, yeah, maybe. What? Who knows what's going on in their little dog brains? Do you think a dog questions their own mortality? In that same kind of sense, you're you're um, you know you're you're thrown in water unexpectedly. You think to yourself, drowning is very possible. Does a dog is a dog aware of what drowning is? Do they know that they can't breathe underwater? I mean, until you try it, until you try it, maybe. But I'd rather try it when I can get in the water myself to help her. Can or want to? I'll do. I'll either way. I'm more of a can. I'm more of a. As soon as the lake opens up, I'm going for a jump in. Just 
Not so much because I really want to swim. Just to feel More those like, testes sucking up in, up in you. Feel what? Feel those testes sucking up oh, in yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Suck. Oh, I thought you meant something else sucking on me. Um, yeah. No, I love jumping in the lake when it's freezing cold. I kind of hate it, but it's one of those rites of passage, right? You got to do it. As soon as the ice breaks, you jump in. It's the start of summer. As soon as you can start swimming, it's the start of summer. You're big on rites of passage today. Let's get into the show. Let's kick. Continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. 96.7 on your. Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's you got a little bit of the, the Mondays. You got a case of the Mondays. Are are you are you between the ages of, of 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 nineteen and thirty one, and you're scared arbitrarily by a day of the week? Oh no! The Sunday scaries. Sunday oh, no, t- tomorrow might be a Monday. Me. We'll never know. We'll only find Fuck out the yourself. morning. My name's Cameron Osborne. Of course, you're listening to Two Seasons of Pod. This is podcast is hosted by myself. Of course, Cam Claire's over there. Uh... Just a couple pals catching up on the week. We're going to play a bunch of games here for you. Spring has sprung. Uh, depending on where you are, I guess, you know, you could be at an icy uh, at an icy cottage or a a, 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 a summer summer in the city. But, summer uh, in the city. But either. But that's either my, way, that's my new hit album. Born. Summer in the city. Oh, yeah. It looks so pretty. Anything else? Uh, you're not a songwriter, Cam. We're, the city. <laughs> you're not a songwriter, Cam. We are. Yeah, we're yeah. working on it, folks. And uh, thanks for listening, you know, because over here, over here at the Two Seasons Pod corporate office, uh, things don't stop, even though uh, we might they they might be telling us to stop. They might tell us to stop. They say, hey, you you can all work from home. We say we don't trust our employees. Well, and Cam, a huge part of the Two Seasons Pod revenue is. Uh, sort of like the gift shop that we have on the main level, uh, where you can buy, you know, all sort of your two season pod merchandise. You can buy now. Now I think we should make this aware. It is similar to the brick, where it's a showroom rather than a take home room. Yes, and delivery is expected anytime between now and next year. Yes, and so it's long, not guaranteed. Long delivery, but we kind of we've able to we're able to kind of remain open because we do also sell uh, two season pod uh, branded essential merchandise. Yeah, graham soap. crackers, soap. Uh, you know, of course, you can get little soap figurines, one shaped like Cam, one shaped like myself, and we're kind of high-fiving. So one a ball and, then, and one a stick. And then you can wash your body with that. Uh, so we've sort of actually remained sort of to be open uh, because of that. Yeah, it's funny because I was reading an article today. Yes, I do read people at home. You might think because of my vocabulary, I don't read. But I read books oh, and I, think I read articles. They think you read. They just think you kind of stopped on Hop on Pop. 
Hop on Pop is my favorite book. Exactly. And all the places year. you'll go. Of course, you got a copy of that when you graduated high school. Uh, it was a very emotional kind of gift exchange uh, because, you know, not only was it a very big moment for your parents, you know, you were moving on with your life, but also they knew this would be the pinnacle of what you'd be able to read. How many books have you read more than once? Good question. I've read probably my whole collection of comic books I've read multiple times. Uh, if that counts, um, I would say that counts. You know, Graphic like, yeah, novel every, every has the word when, novel in it. Every year when the weather starts to turn uh, into this, you know, but a little bit nicer that you can sit on the patio for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. That's just when I start chugging through all of my comics again. Maybe you know, every year you pick up a couple new ones to add to the collection. Right. But in Is terms Spider-Man of Spider-Man, gonna get away this time? We'll never know. Novels that I've read uh, multiple times. Uh, all the Kurt Vonnegut stuff I've read multiple times. Um, is that a is that a uh, guitar player? He's a guitar player. Is that his main thing, or is it like he also plays guitar and also is an astronaut? I mean, I'm sure he's picked up a guitar. So, in the sense of you know, oh, okay. d- has he played guitar? Yeah, he's probably played guitar. What's uh, his main thing, though? I'm gonna assume novels. Um, I also oh, read he's an author. He's an author. Novelist, yeah. Uh, I also reread um, all of the. God, I think it was either it was the last two Harry Potter books. I read all of them leading up to it. So I had read People like, like those books. Eh? I had read Harry Potter one, two, three, four, five, six, or five, and then when yeah. six was going to come out, I did like one, two, three, four, five, and then read six, and then That's before seven came out, I went one, two, three, four, five, six, and then read seven. That's a that's those are like six hundred page books, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty lengthy at some points, but it was it, it was in lengthy. that prime period where uh, you're forced to uh, like go to the cottage and things like that with your family, uh, and you're kind of really like a force to me. Forced, you're kind of like forced to sit there on the dock and read books. Um, I hate my family. I hate tomato soup. Get away from me, Dad. You're not my real dad. I love my family. I do hate tomato soup though. Uh, <laughs> And that's about it. Other than I'm trying to look, think about other novels I've read multiple times. Uh, a few others, probably Animal Farm. I've definitely read that a couple times. Oh, that's a good one. That's a that's a novella. Yeah, because I, I can't I, I counted do. it on my book when I did my like I'll read five books a year kind of thing. I counted that. Okay. Oh yeah, your uh, of course your your resolutions, Cam. Your New Year's resolutions. Let's uh, let's get a little like uh, maybe we'll kind of revisit that. It's been a few months now. Now, Cam, you shit all over my resolutions. Yeah, because so we'll, we dumb. won't. We won't. But get you've it. been hitting them pretty good. We won't. You've been hitting them pretty good. <laughs> I've been hitting your, uh, uh, what you deem to be a shitty resolution pretty well. But Cam, you uh, had a sort of a, a number of books you wanted to read. Have you gotten uh, anywhere on that? So I'm about halfway done one i was I'm, I'm probably about halfway done two i got one that's like a brain tickler book and that means like it's dense to read it's not one of these animal farms where it's like i'll just keep reading because this is fun it's the second um second or third book from the author who wrote sapiens and it's just it's dense it's not like an easy read where it's like oh, i'll pick this up before bed it's like, what is religion, and do we need to follow mortality based on religion, and where do we draw that line, and what? And it's not something that's just a quick read. It's so what like, you're saying is, it's uh, a this requires turner. brain power. It's it's good. It's just like you need to put you burn calories reading it, kind of thing. It's wow, not did, like I didn't nice, even think that was possible, Cam. But your oh, for sure, your metabolism is moving at a whole different level. Yeah, no, you. I mean, I find if you read dense books, like 
you do need to take a break. You can't read them for like three hours in a row. I don't know. That's maybe just me, but I find that you just, your brain gets tired. Like, all right, enough thinking for a little bit. But then I, I have this other book, which is a good one. It's uh, about these two sailboats, real story from like the 2000 era that went out to sea and um, some rogue waves hit them. And now it's uh, a, st- a story of survival. I love those kind of books. A good story of survival when everything looks awry, but your mentality breaks you through the other side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it looks like you're getting up there. I think you had a number somewhere in like the 10 or 15 range. No, it, I think I had five. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're getting there. I, I, like I said, I make, I make reasonable goals because I know I'm not going to read that much, but <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I got a few on the go. I got a few that I own, and now I just got to get cracked. I think my next one's going to be Band of Brothers. For that's a good one. Yeah, you're going to read the uh, the DVD jacket, of course, for all of season one of Band of Brothers presented by oh, HBO. Was that a show too? It was a very, uh, very complex, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, little sleeve that came within there in the DVD. I'm going a little more dense than that, but yeah. that's, I could do that as well. Maybe I'll watch it after and be like, I'll be one of those guys. I'll watch it with someone and be like, in the book, that's not how he did it. His name was Corporal Jackson. Um, as you notice here, they said Johnson instead of Jackson. And that's a that's an oversight uh, for the Canadian viewers. That's It's an anachronism. Is that what they call it? That's what they call it. Yeah. So uh, how did you find the Harry Potter books? I know a lot of people like reading those. Are you one of those guys who looks at the movies? You're like, the books are better because I spent time reading them because I'm an intellectual. Well, I'm an adult, so I don't read or watch them anymore. Uh, I just want to get that out of the way. Like I'm. Oh, when's not, the last? Oh, okay. I'm I thought not, you read these. I'm recently. not a teenager, uh, so I haven't read or watched those uh, Harry Potter in a long, long time. But I read them in that perfect age to read them. You're like fuck it, like in that like eleven to fourteen. Yeah, where you can just burn timeline. Through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, you know the world is still full of wonder mm-hmm. and promise. Yeah. And you know that you know the uh, the the thought that life could be better tomorrow. Uh, my life was full of Just that. Maybe. In terms of like um, comparisons from, I, I honestly don't remember that much about the movies to books. If they were incredibly inaccurate, uh, I G- generally think, the same story, I'd imagine. Yeah, and and there was also like a period of those book or no movies rather where it was like a family outing. Like we all went to go see. What, uh, whatever Harry Potter book came out. But then I think by kind of the end of those movies, I was a little too old. Like I was now, or not too old rather, but I was, I, you're you're at the end of high school, so you're kind of like quote unquote too cool. I just want to go smoke weed with my friends. In For it anymore, yeah. So I don't know if I would have seen maybe the last two or three with my family. Um, and certainly I don't think I've actually seen them since. Uh, what bugged me about those movies was they and it was and I was a bad time for this. I think it was just like the time of my life where I started reading and watching those and I was young and full of wonder and magic was awesome. But then eventually the story devolves less away from magic and more into just kind of like a battle of good versus evil, right? Which is oh. more of like an inherently lar- like broader strokes right. of storytelling and the magic which is still very much present isn't much so there more as it is now we're we're talking about our themes. 
right? And my my always fallback is too. So in Harry Potter one, in the first movie, uh, the staircases move around all over the place, and that's like part of the fun of their school. Yeah, it's called an escalator. Once and you, actually, once you know what it is. <laughs> and actually, one of the staircases moves. Yeah, you know, in such a way that it brings them to this floor or this room uh, that, that, that again nobody's ever been to for years or it's something. Called the third floor of the mall. Uh, but then come movie like six, the staircases aren't moving anymore. And for me, that was just a matter of, I understand the staircases can't move anymore because they're no longer telling that magical story. They're now trying to tell like a, like a thematic story, but it sort of took me out of it for a second because you're I'm like, like, am I watching a magic show? Or am I watching a, a, a drama on show? Exactly. Like, I think that's what it came to me f- to be for at least the movies at one point was like, if I wanted to watch a bad, you know, a, a story of good versus evil, a struggle, a battle, overcoming the odds, I'm not going to watch Harry Potter. I'm probably going to find another book or movie that will have those themes in it also. Yeah, it's like BoJack Horseman. You show up for the funny horse and the golden retriever and you end up feeling bad about your life because everyone's depressed. Uh, not at all like that, Cam, but you're on oh, the right path. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about magical themes moving into larger themes that are more um, in our everyday lives, as they say. And I think you've bonded with the characters enough by season you know, five that... You forget what the uh, what, what even brought you into the show Yeah like I would have loved if In Harry Potter in the seventh movie When Voldemort's at Hogwarts Attacking them and they all think They're gonna die I would love it if the Staircases were still moving around and Like fucking everything up for all the Hijinks right because after like after, thing, the, yeah. f- after the There's third, a game of uh, That ball thing in the air going on After the, the third movie there were no more Hijinks so you're like, oh, okay, now I'm just watching a movie, and there are, like, other movies I would rather watch. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah. it's great you, that people like it. Go ahead. Are you looking forward to any shows that are coming out in 2021, maybe, if ever? I have no clue what's coming out anymore. Anything uh, that, like, you saw a season blank of and you're waiting for next season of where you're like, this will be a good one. Yeah, I uh, not really. We're kind of you know kind of going back and rewatch or rewatching or watching some older things which have already finished themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I haven't watched like a new. Do you watch The Godfather? Wait, is it the, no The Sopranos? Sorry, I've seen that one. Yeah, my friends are watching it, and I've only seen one episode, and it was the finale. You know, <laughs> as as I do to watch Cam. It was of the course best. the one that doesn't wrap up anything. Um, or does it I wrap up everything? I, but, uh, sorry, maybe not wrap up. Maybe what I mean is I don't have any idea what any of the characters are doing. I don't know any of the drama. I just show up for the, uh, you know, the Big Bang. <laughs> anyway, um, that they're all watching. They're like, you don't tell me a fucking thing about the ending scene. I'm like, it's it was oh yeah, that's a big one. Or is it? I don't know. Who knows? Call what you want. Don't stop believing yeah spoiler no Hold on. that is a spoiler away. that is a spoiler journeys don't stop believing is playing is playing in that final scene a uh, huge spoiler for the show i think yeah, i think it is actually don't stop believing by journey uh cam let's move on with the show let's get into the show by oh sorry i thought we were doing it oh, oh yeah that that was all <laughs> intro that was all intro let's start the show call that fluff in the podcast yeah we're calling that we're, we might you know that's kind of you know if you're looking for a little mini Can- a little Cannon, bit down the line uh let's get in uh to some notes 
from last week. Notes. We got some notes. We got some notes. 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 We got some notes. Or rather, I should just say, uh, note. Because really, we were talking a little bit. Uh, what's the difference between being on the wagon and then being off oh, the wagon? I, al- I also looked this one up. Did you look up the um, the roots of it? Well, Cam, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, usually, yeah, you know, you, you've never really handled the notes before. so No, this one just got me curious because you know how I love hearing it when someone's like, oh, uh, cat's out of the bag. You're like, what is the cat's out of the bag? And they're like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's when you give a false cat. Um, but we've gone into that before. Anyway, so off the wagon was a term that came around, I think, I believe it's the 1800s. We'll get Cam to clarify that after. Where if you were on the wagon, it meant that you were off the booze and on the water wagon to drink water exclusively. And then once you got off the water wagon, no longer drinking water, you're back on the booze. So uh, you're on the water wagon or you're off the water wagon. And that just got shortened down to off the wagon, on the wagon. Cam, that was so, so off the wagon means booze. That was so incredibly succinct for your very first uh, little notes. I don't think you've ever, uh, I don't think you've ever taken a note. Uh, and please note, I don't actually have any notes in front of me. You don't. I, I, I see no, I, I see no paper being feathered frantically. Of course, before we did start recording, you were violently writing some things down. I'm not ready. I'm on not a piece ready. of paper, uh, you're just throwing. You know, like you, you were crumpling up paper and throwing it to a little trash bin behind you, and they were starting to like pile How do I up. Make this more succinct. Kind of around. And wagon has four wheels. Yeah. Th- this time of era, <laughs> they're wood wheels. <laughs> But yeah, that, that doesn't exactly, matter. That's, that, was, that was exactly that was exactly it, folks. Um, so pretty much, you and I, Cam, uh, you and I are neither on nor off the wagon. Um, main reason being, in order to be on the wagon, it was this pledge which you actually needed to take. Uh, that was yeah, turn of the century, right around when religion still kind of mattered. <clears throat> and, and and all of these uh all of these all of these religious groups would yeah ask for people to take a pledge to stop to abstain themselves from drinking booze and the expression came I would rather drink the water from the water cart Wag- wagon that's what was it. the, the water, water wagon cart. it was a wagon full of water that would drive through towns and sprinkle water down on the roads of windy and dusty cities so the entire city didn't become a fucking dust bowl every single time there was a gust of wind yeah, where where is this exactly? Because that doesn't say seem to be a ta- problem any anywhere town, I've ever US, lived. Any town, USA. Well, I Midwest gotta say, USA well, I, who knows? You know, I mean, <clears throat> I'm gonna say sometime right before uh, pavement was invented. Uh, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> sometime when there all there only were uh, dust and dirt on the roads. Um, yeah, that's so, never a condition I'm worried about when I go outside. Like, oh, never. it's a dirty, dusty day outside. Like, it's oh, a nasty one. Here comes the dust bowl. So, yeah, because of that, Cam, you and I have not taken a pledge to abstain from booze. Uh, so you and I are neither on nor off the wagon. I think we're just regular people. Our, our, I guess we because we never made the pledge, we never even entered the wagon. We didn't even jump on the right. wagon. But right, we didn't fall making off a pledge, the, wagon. the wagon. We just mm-hmm. we just let the wagon kind of drive through we town. Let the wagon go by, and we gave it a cheers, and we gave said, it a cheers. Hey, went over to the saloon, uh, paid the paid the lady to uh, do a little nice little dance for us, and, and then pl- the uh, gunslinger the came in and he says, "Stick him on the piano." 
that like very Westworld ass. So the very, very, very wet cam. So we spent a couple weeks um, kind of at this little Westworld uh, theme park. Really, I think um, getting some uh, maybe tips for ways that we could run to season a pod. Of course, you know, with like the kind of fake interactions that sort of reset themselves every day. Uh, I think the Westworld model could really be helpful to our business model. Would you rather be in a world like a Westworld type or a pirate ship type? A little bit different. Well, very different. Well, that depends. Is it Westworld season three or Pirates of the Caribbean? No, season one. Pirates of the Caribbean and Westworld season one. Does Johnny Depp have to be there? Yes, but he has short hair. Short hair. Does he still have 14 bracelets per arm? Yes, but he's missing his nose ring. Hmm. How many, how, many, uh, how, many, how many necklaces and belts does he have? Two necklaces, but belt without the buckle. Hmm. This one's tough. This one's tough. I'm still going to have to go Westworld because still that's, that's still far too many accessories for a man in his 50s. Uh, I don't think he was in his 50s at that time, though. Eh, 40s. Does it really matter? He was probably 20. Probably not. No, probably in his 30s, I would imagine. <laughs> Johnny Depp, he may I've, look he, old. He, he, may he look ages old. like fruit. He may look old now. Um, that's only because Amber Heard just beat out the youth out of him. That's what they say. That's what the courts say, I think. Actually. Whatever the courts say is right. Well, that's true. That's true. That's yeah, true. Hey, there's no questioning I that. mean, we have, uh, you can go back and listen to a few episodes ago. We did our huge in-depth to O.J. Simpson's trial. And really kind of still, kind of, you know, it was sort of revisiting this, are the courts always right? And, you know, we kind of brought on some legal advisors, some experts, uh, even had uh, Alan Dershowitz on the podcast very briefly. And, yeah, what, what the court says stands. He's innocent. Yeah, if, uh, if, if the glove fits something, you know what they say. Classic, classic tales all this time. They use that all the time in court. Speeding tickets. If the uh, driving gloves fit, he must have quit. Yeah, things like that. Not many people know uh, OJ Simpson was painting his uh, was painting the Bronco that day. That's why the glove had a bunch of red stuff on it. Was paint. He was painting um, AC Green's <laughs> white Bronco uh, that day. Speaking of speeding tickets, I heard about this story in Alberta where. A car was getting chased for 23 minutes, a Tesla, because both the driver and passenger were asleep. And the cops just kept chasing them with their sirens on. And finally they woke up. They're like, oh, is there a problem? They're like, yeah, you've been going 140 for 20 minutes and clearly not driving. That's sweet. And it's the old kit where it's like, oh, no, it's, uh, as you can see, my head's tilted a little bit. And uh, you can't see me. That's why I looked like I was sleeping. Have to listen out of one ear. He should have. If he watched that, he would have been fine. That's a good point. He should have we seen. We can learn uh, a lot from Kit. He should have seen that very single. But what? Okay. Was was the chase because they were sleeping or because they were speeding? Speeding, and then I think after two minutes of like these guys aren't pulling over, let's get a closer look. Oh, they're sleeping. Because Kit would have been smart enough to not speed. He would go, Michael. This is above the law. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You Classic think kit. Tesla would have a not a sleep mode in it because that's dangerous. But like a way in which if you're on this autopilot system, it knows how fast the roads are that you're on. 
Yeah, I've never owned a Tesla, so <clears throat> like I imagine he's, he's sending he's overrided, sending fucking though. rockets into space. The car knows how fast it's supposed to go. I'm sure it knows, but you know, it probably doesn't want to allow itself to override the driver, right? The driver should over, always be able to. Oh, so this guy was passed out, but with his foot on the gas and his no, foot was No, would have been like speed set. It's like, go at 140, we're on these highways, I'm going to sleep for a bit, walk oh, in at okay. this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you ever driven <laughs> one of those like new Honda Civics or anything? No, I haven't jumped in a Civic since uh, 2004. Definitely the technology wasn't around then. Um, I'll take Shannon's car out, which is the new Civic, and it has this it's lane assist and the cruise control is adaptive, which means that if I set it at 120 and I'm on the highway in a car, I'll set how many car distances I want. So I normally set like five car distances. Once it hits far, five car distances, it'll go the same speed as the car in front of me. And then once that car goes away, it goes back up to 120. I've but, never, I've never liked you. I'm not a, I'm not a cruise control guy. Oh, you gotta go. For I don't, I don't, I don't feel in control. You know, I want to feel the, the pur, I want to feel the purr of the engine in the soles of my feet. I want to feel the rattly of my loose tires. <clears throat> exactly. I want to feel uh, everything the car has to offer. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think driving. I wish my car had that, but I have to. Sometimes, if I drive that car a lot, then I go back to mine sometimes forget that my cruise control doesn't do that and it gives me a little bit of a scare when I get close to a car. <clears throat> I think what it was was that the first two cars I really drove didn't have cruise control or like it was bro uh, like one didn't have it and the second one didn't work. Have you ever owned something where you're like, "Oh, it's broken." And then someone just does something you're like, "No, you're just not using it right." And you're like, "I I guess I was wrong on that one. It works fine." I think you have an example in mind. Oh, I've had plenty of people have that where it's like my cruise can or the tap was the biggest one. Like when tap first came out on your, on cr on your cards, credit cards, everybody was like, no, 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 you just call your banker. It doesn't work. I'm like, try it. See what happens. And then it works. And they're like, oh, I, I guess my tap works. I've had that with multiple people. Cruise control people also said, no, it doesn't work. I'm like, that's you just didn't turn it on. There's a button for that. Yeah, well, I know for a fact the van I drove in high school didn't have it. Like, it was did not have cruise control. <laughs> Maybe it did. It was not. No, there was no option on the steering wheel to click it. <laughs> there was Bottom no. The there were no buttons on the steering wheel. Actually, from what I can recall, classic steering wheel. Uh, so it would have had to be somewhere else. But man, speaking of cars, me and my dad, uh, I came in last night and he got a Roku TV up here, mm -hmm. and it has access to like ten. I don't know, 10 different channels that all have movies on them, but they have ads with them. They're all garbage. But he found this one that was just called like Mopar Nationals. And it was just all about this like weird documentary that was not really a documentary about them just going to this big like Dodge Mopar, which is just muscle cars show in, I don't know, Texas or something. And just did like little vignette interviews with people. It's like, tell me about your car. It's like, oh, I got this back in blah, blah, blah. And then after that little interview, we just go to this like montage of cars doing burnouts and them revving up and doing drag races. And all the guys just going nuts with their shirts off like, woo, burnouts, <laughs> I fucking love it. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, women must look at this and be like, these men are are so stupid. Like this is what gets them going to the point where their shirts are off and they're cheering because the car goes vroom vroom and I totally get it. 
Well, you got well, you know, you have an interest. You're a car guy, Cam. So certainly, there's going to be other car men just this, like this, yourself. This one, this one was a little over the top, though, because like it was crowds of people waiting for people to do burnouts, and them doing the like the trailer park boys, like wham, peanut butter and jam, wham. Yeah. So like these dudes were pumped up. Um, wearing wigs helmets like just losing their mind like this is the best day of the year fuck yeah and yeah here's one here's one thing that i was laughing about my dad does the exact same thing when you buy an old car and you want to mod it up like oh we want to replace the air filter on it replace the um, exhaust on it replace the clutch blah 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 all these old car guys they all keep the original parts and they mentioned that they're like, oh, yeah, so we swapped out this, this, and this. We do have all the original parts at home in the basement. And I told him, I'm like, is he ever going to put those on? He goes, no, never. Why would you? They're not as good. I'm like, so why does he have them? He goes, if, for example, someone in the future wanted to bring it back to stock, they technically could. I'm like, will that person? No, no, they'll also keep all those parts in their basement. And then it'll get passed to the next guy and... Then to the next guy, and they're just boxes of things like these are the original parts. We don't plan on using them, but we have them, and it's just some stupid thing that car guys do. And I'm like, I I understand where it's coming from, but pretty stupid. Well, it sounds like it's slightly easier than bringing them to a scrapyard. Just hold on to them. <laughs> I, well, technically, you can sell them. Like they're <laughs> valuable parts, but they'll just never really get sold or put back on. It's just like we have them. Just in case of that, I sell the car and the guy says he wants to do a complete rebuild, but rebuild it to its original car, which n- no one really does. I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking car stuff now. Yeah, now you're now you're just spitballing over uh, probably seventy seven percent of our listeners' heads. I guess. Yeah, I imagine most of our fans are not Mopar heads. Uh, if they're like me and just learned what Mopar meant, then yeah, you're probably right, Cam. Uh, so let's, let's get to something else, shall we? Yeah, let's not talk to Mopar. Let's talk the new Dodge Chevy. This, this episode is about to go. First, uh, I'm just going to refill my coffee real quick. Okay. Should I pause it or should I riff? What should I do? All right, um... He's uh, he's gone. So let's uh, let's talk Masters, everybody. I know this one probably comes up. Hey, it's Monday. You probably just watched the Masters. What's your favorite sports meltdown you've ever seen? Maybe you've never really watched sports, and that's okay. Um, I would have to say the biggest one I've ever seen was that football game a few years back, where I think it was twenty-seven to three, and they absolutely blew a lead. Sports are fun when it's competitive. Or when one team absolutely shits the bed. And I think that's part of the reason people watch the Masters. Is because you watch a guy who has all the confidence in the world come on to this Sunday. And for the listeners at home who don't know how the Masters work. Four rounds of golf. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it's the total score of all four. Best part about the Masters. And when you see a guy who has that giant lead coming into the final day. And ends up missing every third shot, just start blowing up his score, and you watch a man crumble. Cam, I'm just talking to our fans about the Masters tournament that's going on this weekend and how the best part of it is watching someone absolutely collapse and watching their face just drop and seeing someone hurt so bad. 
watching the humiliating defeat of knowing that any you sport. I I was saying any sport is good for competitiveness or watching a complete meltdown. <clears throat> but a golf meltdown is unique in that it's just you against the course. I mean, you know, blowing a five nothing lead. That's one thing, but that's a that's a collective shitty team effort. Uh, hitting a triple bogue on a par three. There's no one else to blame for that. That's you, and you fucked it. That's a good one. There's not many other individual sports where you can fuck up that badly. And really, I tennis. Mean, I, I mean, you can lose in straight sets. There can be an upset. There, you, but uh, that's against your facing against somebody but it's else. Against like rock somebody. climbing. Like maybe I don't know. But that's not really a sport. <laughs> Competitive bowl, rock climbing. Bowl, bowling. I guess bowling would be one. I guess you could have, you could have a collapse in bowling. I'm sure. Uh, who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. Who do you think you are? I am. The legend. One of the greatest clips in sports. The legend uh, himself. The f- do you know his name? I don't, but we, it's I remember. Vern something. We looked up We looked up about him one time, and uh, his Wikipedia biography is filled with like 10 years of cocaine abuse. <laughs> as like every he, good bowler should. As every good bowler should. He was just hopped up on cocaine for a portion of his career. What would be one sport that is not mainstream that you'd wish you'd be the best at. Oh, Matt, uh, we've had this conversation before, not you and I, but me and other friends. Um, For us right now, disc golf is the closest thing that we think, like, if we started trying when we were younger, right? we could... Would you want to be, like, a Brody Smith type? uh, No, he was too old. I mean, like, you started... We started when we were, like, 10. But but to that level of fame is what I mean. Like he's got to be the most famous disc golf player ever. Absolutely not. No, he's okay. fucking far well, down the on the list, me. guys. He's not too good. It, I guess he's a trick shotter, right? Yeah, he was like a f- frisbee trick shotter. But yeah, he's far from being. Uh, You're not going to tell me he's not the most mainstream frisbee guy in the world. No, absolutely not. I'm going to say if you name. You pull 100 people, you say, name one person that plays Frisbee, like Brody Smith. Brody Smith. They're not no. going to be like, Vern Welsner out of Norway had three perfect games where he didn't miss a single shot back in 06. And you're not telling me he's not the most famous disc golf player ever? You're First, insane. You're insane. <laughs> First of all, I know what you're saying. Second of all, I'm not sure how many people watched Dude Perfect videos in 2013 to remember. I'm the not na- saying that that many did, but I'm <laughs> saying a lot more did than watched the qualifiers for the uh, you know Arizona Open when disc golf was at its height. That's a good question, Cam. Maybe you can take this into a little personalized experiment. Maybe everyone you meet, hey. Do you know who Brody Smith is? And maybe take a yes or no. No, 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 no. I'm not even going to ask who that is. I'm going to ask, do you know anybody famous or who's the most famous person you know that plays any form of Frisbee? Okay, yeah. No, you, 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 you should take this question into the wild, Cam, the because I would be curious on if my literally any answer uh, came up. Because nobody watches Ultimate Frisbee highlights. And again, you would have had oh, to have been... At you would have had to have been 19 in... 2011 to even know what the fuck's going on yeah that is called my key demographic and that's who i'm going to be talking to i mean if i'm going to talk to someone that's in their 50s like do you know what plays that plays a disc they're like what is what is this disc you speak of yeah no that could be it that could be it right but i feel like yeah you know that could be the equivalent though of you know uh like a fighter who's that fighter who used to be a football player 
Greg Hardy. And then got DQ'd in his first match. Yeah, that's like being, that's like saying, hey, do you know who's the most famous fighter you know? And then being like, oh, Greg Hardy. And you're like, eh, it's not that he's not a famous fighter. It's that he's not famous for fighting. He's just a guy who fought. It'd be like, who's the most famous boxer? You would never say Conor McGregor, although he made fucking a hundred million dollars for boxing, which all like, you know, you would say that should equate to a level of fame, but you would never say that. I hear where you're coming from. I don't think that'd be most people's answers, but some people would be like, oh, Butterbean was my favorite boxer. Exactly. Like, no, he was Butterbe- a stunt boxer. Butterbean yeah. is in no Jake way Paul's the most my famous boxer. boxer. He's However, he's boxer. kind of, he was the only boxer to be in a Jackass movie. So does that equate to a level of fame? How does Jackass hold up over time? Uh, 100% holds up over time. The only thing, I watched Jackass 1 the other day and I did feel a little bit bad. I find Jackass 2, 3, and 4 which is coming out, Steve-O, not, or sorry, uh, Bam, not allowed in Jackass yep. 4. <laughs> but uh, Jackass 1, because it's so gorilla shot, like just like we'll take to the streets and we'll do crazy shit and no one knows who we are, they do vandalize a lot of property. And I hope they kind of made right with the people because a lot of it feels like, ah, guys, this isn't like right. Like it's, it's funny to watch, but I feel bad for these like, you know, little shops that they come in and have like a wrestling match and break everything in it. And you're like, that's funny, but you also just cause like two grand in damages. Yeah. So they, they pay them back. Uh, that's a matter of, especially Jackass one in the prime of that kind of like hidden camera stuff happening in public type of entertainment. Like for example, that Butterbean scene, they tell the owner what's happening. The owner doesn't tell the manager and the employees. Oh, I hear you. Right? Okay. Or um, there was one where Knoxville, like, drives through the fucking wall of a... Oh, with the uh, the, the Segway or the... Uh, yeah, little, yeah. They tell the owner what's going motorcycle. on. Or when Aaron McKegney shat in the toilet in a Home Depot. Like, like right. they told everybody what was happening because they don't but, care about the employee reactions. They want the customer reactions and okay, just doing it, it in general. Better. Yeah, yeah. Because you would be, yeah, be sued for so much fucking money. MTV is, like, on all of their... <laughs> Shit. It's a good point. I did think about that. I'm like, well, yeah. they couldn't, they must, because it's not that gorilla if MTV was the one producing And it. similar to a show like Impractical Jokers, like the whoever owns the building they are in is in on the prank. They're in right. on the joke. Okay. They're in on the joke, but you don't care about the, you know, the, the manager, the manager's reaction. You want the fucking, you know, the people just walking by on the street or something. That's who you're. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, speaking of movie and television, I think it's a good time to segue into the nightcap. The nightcap, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. All we need is five minutes to recap this week's episode maybe less than five minutes but certainly not more than five minutes we're gonna need more than five minutes fantastic hit the cue hit the cue Q's been hit, as you know. Uh, we followed every week so far um, in the past, you know, month, month and a half or so, uh, following the adventures of Michael Knight, Ed Kip, Knight Rider. Uh, I'm covering the second half of the episode this week. I'm glad you remember that, because uh, one of these days we're going to fuck that up, and we're both going to cover the first half. You say we or you? 
Probably me. Uh, Cam, so I want you to bring yourself back uh, to a beautiful Friday in the fall of 1982. November 5th, 1982. A nigh nine years before my own birth. That is right, where uh, we have Night Rider episode 107, not a drop to drink. We're going to put five minutes on the clock and see if we can uh, get through this. Cam, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Five, four, three, two, and go. This episode starts off in a, sounds seems like a Midwest town where there is a dispute going over the water source in the town where the farmers and ranchers are trying to split up the water so it goes equally to each of their ranches. But at the same time, we have some bad guys who are trying to blow up and have blown up the dam itself to make sure the water does not go to those ranchers and goes back to a more devious cause. It opens up with a public hearing uh, about getting, uh, basically saying, hey, we finally did it, but you do see the explosion actually happen, causing a bunch of chaos. And who gets called to solve this problem? Why, we don't know, but Michael Knight is on, Michael Ryder, what the fuck is his name? Michael gets called onto the scene to deal with this because he's obviously an expert in ranching in dam building and everything amongst it. We also learn that Michael has now has a grappling hook installed on Kit. Will this come into play? We'll find out. Later on, the community works together to rebuild this dam as we get to know some of these main characters. As Michael's driving up to the ranch, he gets actually cornered by four different bulldozers uh, which are trying to trap his car in. And that's when we know that these bad guys know that he is trouble and he's going to be causing some issues. Um, he manages to use his new technology or new skills, which he learned in his last episode, to ski his car in between the Ford bulldozers and manages to help his way into town, even though he has a big target on his back. Michael arrives in the town and meets Josh, Fran, and Kevin. The always seem to be three people, father, daughter, who is the main female interest, and the kid, who always seems to be in the episode, um, who actually approach him with guns because they are so wary of any newcomers in the show. Fran being the love new new love interest who is a little bit uh, apprehensive at first about Michael. We'll find out later if that changes her tune. Uh, Michael actually helps Fran build, take a bull for a walk when the, the bull itself gets loose. And what better to stop a loose bull than a car who, and I think this is some of the best work we've actually seen, manages to matador the bull by stopping in front of it and do a bunch of evasive maneuvers. We see the car go over a jump, clearly destroying the front end, and Michael ends up bringing this bull back to safety with the help of Kip. Uh, we go back to the site to do some dam building, and they find out the water is not in the right place because, oh, well, anyway, Kip, I'll let you get back to it now. Continue. <laughs> there was so much middle you skipped out on. Jesus Christ, I have my work cut out for me, Cam. So there's always going to be a bad guy. What do you say? What the bad guys want? The bad guys don't want the ranchers to have their water. So, of course, we hit our point where the three bad guys, it's always three bad guys have come to take out Kit and Michael Knight. And like many before, they suffer from that classic gag of trying to break into the car and then Kit moves a little bit and they try again and then they move a little bit back the other way and so on. The other two guys actually get into it with Michael Knight. He fights his way out of it um, back at the dam. We have uh, a 60-year-old gray-haired woman with a rifle as our sole guard. She's the one who's going to protect 
the dam, I guess, from the bad guys. Kit ultimately saves the day, doing his whole ghost car thing that truly terrifies people. I love the reactions of a car driving by themselves. We find the bad guys trying to burst a water pipe with a backhoe. So Michael Knight tries to uh, get the backhoe away from the pipes. And what better way to do so than with the grappling wench installed by Dr. Bonnie. Um, after we stop this backhoe, we do get our little sexual standoff between Michael and Fran. Um, always in front of their dads. For some reason, I've never made out with a woman in front of her father. Maybe it's a whole level of sexual ex exploration I've never even tried before. Um, so it seems like we kind of foiled the plan. Well, but maybe not. Uh, these bad guys have just had enough. They decide, we're just going to blow up the whole fucking reservoir. Uh, so they kidnap Fran, the water wench, as I've been calling her. Uh, Michael Knight's on the way. He needs to get her out first. He destroys her property to get to get her out of captive. Uh, and then, you know, it's time to go stop uh, the bad guys from doing their thing. However, we're too late and kaboom. The whole thing, the whole dam blows up. Water starts going everywhere. We're too late, or are we? It turns out there's a valve or, like, something. To halfway down the road, if we can get there before the water gets there, we'll be all good. Kit fires his rockets to create a landslide, blocking the water and saving the day. But that's not it, because, of course, Michael Knight is invited back, because the little boy son uh, will miss him. Um, it, it, it's really hurtful for all these little boys who have all seemed to have lost their father. Others, and then when they finally meet a positive male role model, uh, he just leaves immediately. Beautiful, champ. Beautiful. Wow, we're really good at wrapping this up in five minutes, even though sometimes I uh, tail off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the you missed I, was, it. <laughs> I you, missed it. You, I missed the mark. But uh, yeah, you, uh, yeah, 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 that was a tough one. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. The point I was trying to get to was that they mentioned this five line, is over. which I wanted to bring up. I know, but this is a si sideline okay. where they say if the water runs out, the bulls can smell water from a mile away and will stampede. And I thought to myself, water doesn't smell like anything. And I don't know why they would do this, but I just thought that was a funny line. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know to, anybody to add could a little more drama. I didn't know anybody could smell water, from, especially from a mile away. Yeah, that would be pretty tough. But uh, I, I feel like you'd constantly be smelling water. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like a mile away from water at any given time, so maybe that's just what life just smells like water. No, maybe that's it. That I don't makes know sense. why they would stampede at all then. Yeah, no, not quite do I. But tune in next week. Of course, we have episode eight. Uh, and we'll be coming at you. Be coming at you. Cam, do you want to play right, another buddy. game? Let's do one more. Well, let's do two more because I got another game for you. Okay. Let's play some March Madness. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Kill him. Riveting with excitement. I heard that. Ooh, Cam. Uh, we know how March Madness is played. March Madness is done. But we have uh, eight Who separate. Who won? Uh, Baylor, I think. Baylor. Baylor. Big, big, the big Baylor game. Oh, big they drain that ball. The big Bay go Warthogs Baylor. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, brackets and things like that, Cam. So what we're gonna do here, we're gonna throw out eight things and try to find out uh, what your favorite or the ultimate one is, Cam. Today we are looking at exercises, different kinds of workouts. Ooh, oh, love it. Cam, you love uh, working out. You love exercises. These are all, um, these are also all uh, things that you've done before. You know, all exercises you've done, all that you're quite familiar with, and we're just going to try to... not like Siberian double split squats with a reverse lunge? Yeah. Not I not saying I haven't done that. 
don't even I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Uh, so Cam, so we're gonna try to narrow down uh, what we got here, and we're gonna start with our first round matchup, which is, uh, and these are gonna be tough, by the way. So this will this will be a difficult first round for you. Uh, we are starting with the creme de la creme of exercises, the deadlift, which will be taking on the bicep curl. For those at home who don't know the deadlift, that's where you're just picking up a really heavy weight from the ground. It is lifting it from a dead stop to a motion. And versus the bicep curl, you said, right? The bicep curl, yes. Th this one's an easy one to me. Um, deadlift is going to be strengthening your back, strengthening your whole posterior chain, strengthening your abs, strengthening your arms, and you just feel like a fucking monster in there. We see a little little uh, new male doing his 20-pound bicep curls, looking in the mirror, you're like, you little bitch. Now, when you're yanking 340, 350, 380 pounds off the ground, doesn't mean you don't have to do it once. You're yanking that off the ground. You feel like a literal monster. So obviously it's going to be the deadlift. One okay. of the three primary lifts and uh, probably one of my favorite overall. This, this is going to be a tough one to beat. It's going to be a tough one to beat, Cam. Okay, next up we have, we're coming up, we're coming up on the big bench press and working the punching bag. Oh! Oh, this one, this one's probably the toughest matchup so far. So I love working the punch back. It's fun. You get your heart rate spiked right up. You can really drive some uh, aggression in the bag, but also work on your technical skill, work on your kicks, work on your front kicks, hooks, everything. So it just makes a fun workout and you do get very exhausted from it. And you're just burning a lot of calories. That's the good part about that. But the bench press, the problem I have with the bench press is I fucking suck at it. My arms are really long, so I have such a long range to go to touch my chest. The max I've ever done is, I think, 230 pounds, which is just dog shit <laughs> compared to, like, actual people who lift. That's, like, uh, that's warm-up sets. Um, so what do I prefer? What's better for me? It's really, you know, I have to pick one. I'm going to have to hit choose hit in the bag because I do prefer it. Wow. Yeah, you heavy know, it's, bag. It's, it's, it's the heavy bag. You know, you like you like doing that. You you do that one almost every day. Okay, Cam. Next up, we have another two major exercises here. So this one might be tough. We have squats and pull ups. What kind of squats? Uh, I was thinking just kind of like traditional back squats. bar over the yeah bar over kind of your shoulder blades up down. Gotcha. Um, again, one of the core compound movements, really a full body exercise, uh, driving your quads into a hamstrings, full posterior chain, including the core love stacking on some plates on there. Highest I've ever squatted was for, I think it was 420 was the highest I ever squatted. Blazer. Um, and the other exercise was the pull up. The max I think I've ever done is 12 in a row. So that that does feel like a great workout, and it's, it'll always be challenging, which is kind of the fun part about it. Always hard, always fun to yank at a few. Easy to find a place to do them. The squat, you really need to get yourself ready. The pull-ups, you can kind of just do them anytime. Um, as for what do I get more excited about going into a gym to do pull-ups or squats, it's to just, you know, do 45 minutes of just pure squatting up to an hour because you have to do all the warm-up shit. It's got to be the squats. Got to be the squats. I'm a good squat. I'm a good squatter, too. 
Good squad or cam. And our final for our final first round matchup here, uh, we have the overhead press, and then just blasting your abs. Oh, this one's easy. I like blasting your abs is fun, but it sucked. Um, OHP. It's again, it goes back to my bench pressing. I'm just not a strong one at it, but I do love just the struggle you get off it. That you feel like your arms literally gonna fall off by the end of it. And just yanking out reps from it. Uh, so pretty easy call for me. Got to be the OHP overhead pressing. The OH- and that's with traditional bar or barbell or uh, dumbbell? I was, thinking, I was thinking traditional bar. Yeah, military pressing. Yeah. Strict military press. Okay, that means our second round matchup, Cam. We have uh, come down to some things that, you know, it sounds like you're quite enthusiastic about all of these winners. So first we have the deadlift taking on the punching bag. Um, I think just for getting excited about it. I can do the punch and make a lot because I have one in my house now. The deadlift is something I just get myself charged up for. It's something where I can get myself into a headspace of almost Zen meditation because you get so zoned in on just moving a weight that is dead still to maybe up two feet off the ground, three feet off the ground. And might seem like, again, one of those things women look at, they go, why are you getting excited about a car that goes vroom vroom? Why are you especially getting excited about a weight that goes up three feet? Because you feel like a goddamn hero once it moves. That's got to be it. Deadlift, baby. Deadlift taking it. That's uh, our next second round matchup. We have the squat and the overhead press. Um, I think this one just goes down to what I'm better at. OHP is fun. It's fun to bang out reps, but I do consider it an accessory exercise versus the squat, which is just such a compound movement. Really can get myself psyched up for. Love getting under the bar. Love having someone squat or uh, stand behind me and support me, but never touch me. And when they do yell at me, don't touch me. Yeah, so it got to be the squat. Which means <clears throat> that we're down to the wire here. Our final first round matchup. It seems like it was a match that was destined to happen. We have the deadlift taking on the squat. So this one, I think I love them both. I hated the bench press the most of the three. Um, the three big ones. This one, I think, has to come down to where do I get more nervous? I'm going to get hurt. And it definitely comes down to the squat. If you're not warmed up properly, your squats can just go awry really quickly. You bottom out too low, your knees pop out too far. While the deadlift, I find I find if I just do it properly, I never get hurt. And I might, you know, break down and form a lot easier on a deadlift because you can. Um, but I just love moving raw power, deadlift. Moving raw power and deadlift takes the win here on this week's March Madness. Uh, you know, the, 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 the primo of all exercises, you know, incorporating all of these movements. And uh, it's your favorite. So congratulations to the deadlift. Congratulations, deadlift. Uh, we'll send you a t-shirt in the mail. Yeah, you're welcome. My bracket looked a little bit different, but Cam, that's the best part. But our bracket's looking different. What was your favorite? What was your top one? Uh, I think I would have taken uh, pull-ups leading the way. Just because as a... Very as, versatile. As a certifiable, uh, certifiably little man. Uh, five foot eight. I wear an eight and a half shoe. Sometimes nine. Um, the, the pull-up is the one where 
you like I, I, I feel as though you have to be in a great shape to do one. Like there's guys out there who are six three who I know can bench bench me out of the fucking water or yeah. fucking curl me out of the water or squat me out of the water, but they can't do a single pull up. It's the one exercise right. where I'm like, oh, this is something that I can do and not many other people can. And uh, yeah, you know, we, rec- we recently got to pull up our back. So I've been kind of trying to make it back to where I was that, you know, from this time last year. Because, yeah, I think tw- your top 12 was also my 12, yeah. top. But now I'm kind of back to like five, squeak out a sixth, uh, you know, kind of yeah. a few sets or something. You know, working my way back up there. But I think I can feeling, get to 10 right now. It's the feeling where I'm like, you know, my dad couldn't do a pull up. Sure, he could sit down on the bench press and bench. Sure. But he couldn't do right. a pull up. I can do pull ups. So it feels nice. Does feel nice. Yeah. Hey, let's play our final game of the evening. Okay, and headline. You can segue to Cam. Blah, 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 blah. Headline right, last night. Hey, hey, hey. Headline or asinine? This uh, this part of the episode, we get into what is true and what is false. Headlines from around the world that might seem too kooky to be real, but a lot of times the world is a fucking weird place, and that's why we're all stuck in our homes. Hey, Cam, I got a headline for you. Let's go for it. <clears throat> Melbourne Cafe refuses to serve woman coffee for being pregnant. Ooh. Now, of course, as we all know, you know, caffeine is... Uh, is not good for uh for a child in utero of course none of neither of our parents ever drank caffeine uh when they were pregnant with us and their parents never drank caffeine when they were pregnant with them and hell even their parents never drank caffeine probably never had a cigarette either probably never had a single cigarette never had a single fish i think fish is a bad one (laughs) i think fish is a bad one too i'm not sure um yeah i don't know because it it, it 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 is funny to see though that there is you know like uh there's like a Hippocratic oath that a bartender can't sh- it will not serve a pregnant woman booze. It's sort of like this oh you know I think it's like the bartender sort of way of like I'm not gonna do it even if you want go home if you want to destroy your child. Um, but the caffeine thing I didn't think that like you know. Uh, Cafe workers were sort of these moral compasses, right? They should shouldn't they should sort of sit back and let the uh, let the customers decide. But Australia's pretty progressive, you know, as a uh, as a country which devolved from rapists and criminals. They are uh, they are pretty <laughs> they are pretty uh, liberal and open, oddly enough. So I'm going to say that's a headline. This is a headline, and this comes out of Melbourne, as the headline says. Where this lady who already had two kids and was pregnant with another one goes into one of these local ass coffee shops with a barista who is maybe uh, trying to make some decisions above her pay grade. Uh, ask her after she asked for a coffee, they came back to her table and said, "Is decaf okay?" And she said, "No, no, it's not okay. It's not what I asked for." She says, "We're sorry. The barista does not feel comfortable making you a coffee." Now, please note, folks at home who are pregnant. You are allowed to have 300 to 600 milligrams of caffeine a day as safe uh, for a baby in utero. 
Uh, and I think this person was really just overstepping their bounds and trying to do some bullshit virtue signaling. She ended up just going back to her house, not buying a coffee and having a coffee at her own home. That being said, though, that would I, 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 I certainly I, I would hate to blame the barista there. I would feel very awkward watching a pregnant woman smoke a cigarette. I've never I've never yeah. seen it, but if I did, I would be like, oh, that's fucked or that's not good or watching a pregnant yeah. woman. And I mean, like noticeably pregnant, not the I don't know if I'm pregnant or not stage. Yeah. I Do mean, like cheeseburgers or you're pregnant. Imagine that, right? Like a woman six and a half months in and she's just at the bar slinging Jack Daniels back into her throat. That would be a very awkward feeling. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, coffee, uh, a similar vein, but yeah, maybe not as big of a deal. Hit me up. Here we go, Cam. Headliner asks nine, uh, restaurant sends premier Doug Ford a $430 bill for spoiled beer. $430 seems cheap. That's the part that gets me. Yeah, that's the only part that really, like, I could see someone doing that to make a point, but that just seems like such a low number. That's where I'm a little bit caught off guard by it. Um, that being said, I think people are pissed off with the government, especially restaurant owners, and that's probably a good first step to take is say, like, fuck you, you pay this bill because this is nonsense. I just tried to brew this beer, and you told me I could, and now I can't, so you pay the fucking bill. Headline. Cam, you're right. This is a headline. This is a story out of here in the city, actually, from Antler Kitchen and Bar, where the owner of the restaurant has sent uh, Premier Ford the invoice for the spoiled beer after after the province can, uh, has continued to flip-flop on having things open, having things not open. So here's what happened. Uh, the owner said that they haven't been buying draft beer because they wouldn't they couldn't sell it curbside. Right? You're not allowed to, but you can sell bottled beer. Um, however, with the patios reopening, he thought to himself, we'll buy a couple of kegs to accommodate for the customers who want to sit on our large patio. They tapped the kegs, had the lines cleaned, and then they were shut down a week later. Because as you know, Cam, once a keg is opened, it does have a shelf life, depending on the brew itself and your level of CO2 that you're sort of doing uh, there. Um, a, beer ke- uh, a keg of beer can become flat in 20 days minimum and then anywhere after that so the total invoice that he charged was for 431 dollars um the man charged 150 dollars for a 30 liter keg of bodega lager another 150 for a 30 liter keg of mckeller ipa and then of course there was uh, a 100 dollars deposit for both kegs and then uh the, all the relevant sales tax uh no word which yet. goes back to him anyway so no, <laughs> no word yet on, uh, of course, you know, the premier Doug Ford's not going to pay it or respond to it in either way. Uh, but you can certainly see how a restaurant owner would be a little peeved that they've just wasted $435. Now, to note, Antler is a place I've dined at and have also I've not been at the protest, but they have had protests at it from vegan people who stood outside with. Um, all kinds of propaganda basically saying you need to shut this place down. Yeah, I think it was I, as soon as I read it, I, I started to remember the uh, the restaurant in question. I think it was a case of like vegans were just like not happy they were selling meat or they were like displaying it like it was a butcher. I think was kind of the deal or it was yeah, something I don't remember like what their that deal was, but because they weren't like mad that. at McDonald's because McDonald's I don't think is technically meat. 
Uh, so so they, <laughs> they can't be mad at that. They were fine with that. They were fine with that. All right, headliner asking in camp, three women given rabies vaccine instead of COVID yeah, uh, vaccine. Ooh. How do these get mixed up? You know, it's like one's right beside the other one. And, and like in the fridge and the doctor's looking the other way because someone's like, hey, Phil, you got to see this NSFW video on my phone. And he's kind of like reaching into the fridge. and He's like, where? Let me see it. Let me see it. And then he grabs the wrong, you know, kind of grabs a little handful. Uh, they shouldn't be that close in the fridge. Dare I say they should have separate fridges. I don't think there'd be anything bad about getting a rabies vaccine if you haven't, you know, even if you haven't been bitten by something that has rabies. I don't think it would be like the worst thing in the world, right? All it just means is that like you can't get rabies. I really don't know. It does sound like a pretty big fuck up, believable, but not. Uh, so I'm going to say it's asinine. This is a headline out of India where the details of it aren't entirely clear, but the gist of it are. They went to a clinic that was not doing COVID vaccines and basically said, give me the vaccine, give me the vaccine. And three women, they just assumed, oh, you want the rabies vaccine. I don't know why they would assume that. And they ended up having nausea, vomiting, dizziness, all the bad things. And then turned out, oh, this isn't a COVID vaccine. This is a rabies vaccine. I mean, I guess, I guess it could happen to anyone. Just go to the wrong place. <laughs> Here we go, Cam. Headliner asks nine. Uh, Weight Watchers employee caught stealing cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, this one is so easy because like Weight Watchers employee is just an employee. It doesn't mean they believe in the product at all. I'm an oil and gas mogul and uh, I'm using power right now. Not oil. Think about that. <laughs> right. Um, just because you work there doesn't mean believe in the cause. We know a friend who works at... He used to work at a crossbow company and was a vegan. Just because you work for the product does not mean you believe in it, nor are you on the program itself. Um, probably just one of those headlines that seems captivating, but it's really not that interesting. It's kind of just like a situation of it was a hit and run with a pregnant woman. You didn't know she was pregnant. John Jones. Headline. Jesus Christ, Cam. You're right. That is a headline. God, when we started playing this game, your mind used to go run wild with possible scenarios. You've really kind of trimmed in uh, your sense of wonder lately, Cam. This is a headline. This is a story out of Florida where a woman named Kelly Barber, who is a demonstrator for Weight Watchers. So she goes around from place to place, sets up little kiosks in the mall, uh, you know, with the TV. She'll press play, has the little weights and goes like this so she can, you know, kind of show you what to do while you start the work out uh yeah so she was caught stealing cupcakes from a walmart an officer in the walmart saw her putting a bunch of stuff into her purse and then just straight walking out uh eventually when the security or the police caught up with her she had uh, a book some teeth whitening strips and a pack of chocolate cupcakes i think this is a story of more so that weight watchers obviously does not pay well if they have to resort to this if you have to restart resort to crime the resort to stealing tooth whitening and cupcakes and books. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think they maybe need to pay it a little more. Yeah, we're calling you out, Weight Watchers. Start paying your employees. Not that we do. Not that um, we do. Headliner Asinine. Up to five monkeys on the loose in Ohio. Last seen in a cemetery. Ew. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, um, with with the constant urbanization of natural landscapes, of course, uh, species are going to be forced out of their uh, of their environments. I mean, hell, just the, there's a park around the corner from my house. Last month, I saw a coyote. This is Ohio, there. Cam. This is not the jungle. I saw a, I, I saw a coyote in the park five minute walk away from my house the other day you're telling me that's not an example of of sub of development in the outskirts in their in 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 their nest land now being forced to live in the city this would be the, this would be the exact same thing here these monkeys are living their life in the trees and their bananas next thing you know a big developer comes in takes down all the trees takes all the bananas where are these monkeys supposed to go maybe they end up in a graveyard who knows Ohio. It is Ohio, but I'm going to say it's a no-hio. So that's asinine. It is asinine. Ohio. It is Ohio. Um, and as you'd imagine, these species are not native to Ohio. Maybe you didn't know that, but monkeys are not native to Ohio. And they're actually not from a zoo, not from a transportation, just from a private collection where they got loose and there is a, a manhunt, a monkey hunt, whatever you want to call it, in Ohio Fort, they were last seen in a cemetery, and officers are on the loose from. If you do see one, and you are a listener in Ohio, please report it to somebody. WXYT TV, maybe I don't know. <laughs> who do you report? Who yeah, do you report, report a to, to a news? Like, hey, I just a monkey. Yeah, yeah. Don't call animal control. Call a news station. They'll have well, who the. Do you uh, call? Who do you call though? Animal control. That's clearly a call to like. There's a raccoon in your attic. You call animal control. There's a monkey in a me. graveyard. I'll take care of it. You call animal control. What are you gonna call? You call you're Steve gonna call Owen. C- you're gonna call CP24 because uh, you know because they're gonna a come quicker than the animal backyard. control will. I guarantee they'll come quicker. They might come quicker, but I don't know if they won't know what to do. <laughs> I guess, but you'll get a little bit. Of, you'll get on the news. They don't have the cat. They don't. They're not wearing khaki shorts and a fishing vest. They won't know what to do. These monkeys are extremely, extremely dangerous. Exactly. Right off. Exactly. You're not gonna call Kate Baroness to get this uh, to get these monkeys out of your house. TSN update. Exactly. She, they're gonna tear her apart. They're gonna pull out her hair. Cam, I have one more headline here for you. Uh, I'll try and be a little creative with it. I'll, I'll bring back my sense of boyish wonder. Your boyish wonder, which left the second you turned 26, Cam. Um, headliner asked nine. Uh, family sues after California man dies in taco eating contest. All right. I'm going to assume the tacos were not just especially like here's what I'm going to assume happened. It might be a little off the wall here. They couldn't decide who could eat more tacos because they kept tying. So they started adding more and more spice to it. And eventually that spice just got so overwhelmed. But this guy was now backing down. He's sweating. He's puking. But he says, I want to eat more. I will I will beat this. Uh, who Joe, I'll be this Joey Chestnut-esque figure beside me. And just keeps mowing them down. Just crush that soft shell, hard shell, anything. They're just going down. He's swallowing the hole. He doesn't care. Um, they stopped meeting them a while ago. They've now just put straight peppers and a little bit of lettuce, just as they do. Mm-hmm. And eventually, chokes on the hard shell because he tried to swallow it. Pepper gets lodged in the throat. He swells up, dead. And uh, what's the first thing you do? First call CP24. Let him know. <laughs> and then you call Saul Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> 
to settle that court case. That's a headline. Cam, this is a headline for you. Uh, yeah, so this is a story coming out of Fresno, California, where a man choked to death uh, at uh, or during a ta- or yeah, during it. a taco eating contest at a minor league baseball game. Um, and now the event organizers and the owner of the team are being sued. Uh, they're being sued um, by 18-year-old Marshall Hutchings, who filed a lawsuit saying that his father, Dana Hutchings, was not made aware of the risks and dangers involved in an eating competition. Uh, the 41-year-old died after choking on a taco at a Fresno Grizzlies game. Um, Where do you stand on this, Cam? Lawyers Is this for the plaintiff. Fault? Lawyers for the plaintiff claim that uh, claim that competitive eaters train for weeks, sometimes months, preparing for the event, uh, and Mr. Hutchings had not been made aware of the amount of preparation that goes into a eating competition. Did they have soft shell or hard shell? They didn't specify about it was hard shell or soft shell. Get the shell. details, Cam. Get I know the they're huge details. The I only I only know what WXIK uh, knows. Um, so so don't 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 knock me on that. But yeah, I mean, I assumed there would be. See, even I've never entered a competitive eating competition. I've assumed there were risks, though. And I think choking. I assume you sign a contract. That and says, I think choking would have been like the top of that list for me. Or like there, there might be allergens. Like for example, I know there are risks about with hockey. I assume none of them are choking, though. I assume most of them are like you know being hit in the head, being hit in the leg, breaking a rib. I assume all of those risks. Like you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe you could choke on your mouth guard. I, but, but similarly to a taco eating contest, I don't assume that there's going to be head trauma or broken ribs. I assume the only danger of an eating contest would be choking. That's uh, the main one. That's the main one I think you think I of. mean, you know, maybe swollen ankles from standing up for a long period of time. Uh, I really don't know. Um, but of course, the United States, so you can sue anybody for anything. Perfect. Well, folks, uh, enjoy your week. It's Monday. Uh, you, you have it's Monday six now. days until the Sunday scalies. So yeah, uh, yeah. Remember, you're, remember you're an adult. Be arbitrarily terrified about a day of the week. The and thanks for listening, folks. You can rate, review, like, and subscribe. The podcast is everywhere. You know, we would love to hear from you. Two season a pod at gmail.com. Uh, reach out. You got something you're trying to sell. You got something you want to say. You got a question for us. We would love to hear. Uh, send us a voice note. We'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. And don't forget, folks, watch the Leafs. Jack Campbell is a franchise record holder now with 10 wins in a row. This team's going to the top. I'm Cam LeClaire signing off. Take care, folks. Tonight on Two Seas in a Pod. 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pot, 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 two C's in a